Aw, shit. Hey, guys. It's my birthday. It was my birthday. Ouch, my 30s. Enter into... Can't speak. Ouch, my 30s. Enters 34. Six more years of this shit before I get to start a podcast called... Holy shit, my 40s! Uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, no, I had a nice birthday. had a really nice birthday. Um... You know, facing the existential ennui of a pandemic summer, I said to myself, well, I got to do something. I can't just drink myself to death on my birthday and call it a birthday party. I got to do something. So I did an impromptu outside comedy show. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it, you know, it sucked. But uh, <laughs> first time doing stand-up in fifth month. Fifth month what the fuck? Uh, first time doing stand-up in five months and... Uh, I had a PA that ended up not working, so I just had to yell at a captive audience of people sitting on the patio outside of this uh, cafe bar. And uh, most of them stuck around. And, you know, there are a few people who kind of peeled off. That's okay. To be expected. The old Commodore hasn't been in the saddle in five months. And uh, didn't have a PA, so I was just yelling, harassing people, asking white guys with cargo shorts whether or not they thought all lives matter or black lives matter. To which I got many... uh, scrunched, furrowed brows, being like, oh, all I'm saying is, you're in trouble when the sentence starts with all I'm saying is. But no, really, it was it was nice, you know, Dust, dusting off the old joke book, which I also didn't have. I was wildly unprepared, is the point here, guys. But I'm going to do this regularly, I think. I think every Friday I'm going to harass people in the street with a uh, PA. And I feel good about that. Because at the rate we're going, stand-up comedy inside of a club is a thing. Well, it's not a thing of the past, but it'll be a long time. And the only places you can really go do stand-up at a club are in places where coronavirus is killing it. Uh, I would like to go to Nashville, though. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, is this like still wanting to be a... Uh, a uh, dirigible captain in the 1930s. It's like, well, you know, I, I see what these jetliners are doing, but I think this blimp will still be around. There'll always, there'll always be work for blimp captains. Uh, and then that guy drank himself to death and shot himself because he couldn't accept the fact that his uh, career no longer existed. There's a movie. The Blimp Captain, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, so yeah, no, it was cool. Um, you know, it's adaptation, you know, figuring out how to, uh, and I think I finally kind of gave up on LA, you know, I've long, long struggled with wanting to be back in Los Angeles because I have so many friends there. It's the place I've had the most financial success, um, creative success, you know, doing stand up. Well, I got to do a lot of stand up. I wouldn't say I made it particularly far in furthering my career there, but I did meet a lot of people I care about and love performing with. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, you know, you see all these sort of headlining comics, you know, Theo Vaughn and Joe Rogan and all these dudes who are talking about moving to like Texas and Nashville and all these other places that I've long been trying to like go to, you know, all my quests driving cross country over the past fucking seven years have been trying to find this perfect city to live in that didn't annoy me. I didn't hate the people. It wasn't a clusterfuck and I could still do stand up and make a little bit of money uh, to survive. And now you see these headliners are like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So 
something says I should have just stuck with my gut and uh, followed through back in the day. But hey, it's never too late to learn. But my point is, I'm here now in New York, and I'm going to make this work right now. Because let me tell you, leading up to my birthday, and still kind of am in pain, I fucked my neck up. Hurt like hell. I went to some like way too aggressive physical therapist who like did the Diamond Dallas Page diamond cutter on me, and I thought I was like paralyzed or something. Because I am a hypochondriac. Uh, feeling a lot better now. Um, went to my old PT, got a deep tissue massage, feeling a little bit better. Um, but yeah, it was in a lot of pain and not how I wanted to usher in 34, but hey, life is challenges and this is what makes it stronger. Um, went to, I didn't visit my mom and dad. I went to go, that's so weird to say. Uh, I always just do the mom part to add that dad to it. Mom and dad. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I went to go get my mail because all my mail gets sent there because I'm a transient and that place has been my base for a very long time uh, for my mail so I go to get my mail and I check the mailbox and it says my father George or no it says the state of New York versus George my father and uh, it's parking tickets I thought I thought that I was like oh they got them already okie doke uh, so I walk into the house he's asleep on the couch uh, like a big baby. And, uh, I wake him up or I go over to him and I lean in with the letter and I go, they're looking for you. <laughs> As he like wipes the sleep out of his eyes. Uh, so I don't know. I try to bring a little levity to the situation. I'm still, you know, n- you know, nonplussed, none too pleased about it and like pissed off. But at the same time, like I've learned enough about life to like, you know, do that move where it's just like, you know, they, you know if they could die tomorrow, like you'd, you'd regret being angry at them and all that shit. Which I believe and understand, but I don't feel it. You know what I mean? So, like, part of me doesn't want to... Part of me wants to just be like, whatever, dude, I'll just move on. But the other part of me doesn't want them to feel like it's okay. Or I don't want to... I want. I don't want... Because my mom's thing is just, like, pretend nothing's wrong. Always. In all fucking things. And it's why I have so much goddamn animosity towards her. She just pretends there's not an issue. So, like, I walk in. She's like, oh, those are nice new uh, shoes you have there. Oh, uh, so how's the, uh, bit? you know, just, I'm like, and I'm just sitting there glaring at her being like, I'm here for my fucking mail. Are you alive and safe? Okay, good. Goodbye. That's, you know, that's the extent of how I feel right now. Uh, so whatever. I don't know. <sighs> 34. But goals for 34, right? That's the plan. You know, we get older, we get, we get less time. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Going back to PT. This is just an update, guys. Just updating you in my life. Going back to PT. They're so hot there. They're skilled and talented and professional and great at their job. But it doesn't hurt to have, like... You know what? The PT place that I'm going to, that I have been going to, not the one that fucked me up, it feels more like a gym than it does, like, a old people falling apart office. Like, it has the vibe of a gym, which I appreciate. I'm like, okay, this inspires me a bit. And the, the physical therapists are really hot and personable. Uh, and you know, that, that makes a man, uh, you know, when you're fighting chronic pain, these are the things that help you, uh, go the extra mile or extra 20 miles because <laughs> that's how far away they are, but they're hot. So you do it. Um, what else? Uh, been on that rural tender. I pay extra for Tinder because I get bored sometimes. Not because I'm particularly looking for anyone, but when you're on Tinder, you uh, you sw- I, you can swipe places that you aren't. Pay a little extra. 
give them, give them a little extra scratch. And uh, like when you set your fucking tender to like Harrison, Arkansas, because I'm fascinating. What the fuck is Harrison, Arkansas like? Let me tell you. Uh, like one girl's profile was like, I'm a six, but hardworking. <laughs> like she acknowledged that she was moderately attractive, but her work ethic was what would win you over. And I respect that. And I, I was really into that. Um, mainly it's just like women who just shot like, uh, not an elk, like an, what are they, like an onyx and a lynx. Not a, it's like some weird, there's like an X in it. It's like a horned beast. Anyway, she like shot it and like had its mouth like in her hand and she was like smiling or no, like the thing's tongue was hanging out of its face and she was doing the same thing, like mocking this beast that she had a shot in the back of the head. Uh, so, you know, that's where you can find love. That's the type of love you will find in Harrison, Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Drank a lot of coffee. I think I'm crashing right now. <laughs> Should have done this about 20 minutes ago. Uh, I'll just randomly talk about transgender people right now. Uh, you know, gender pronouns are really tough these days. You know, you got to say people's uh, preferred pronouns. You know, people want to be called uh, they. But uh, let me tell you, my mom spent way too much money on private school for me to be saying sentences like, is they coming to the party? Yeah. This is how my comedy show went, guys. <laughs> We're getting there. We're just dusting off the... Uh... I also live... This town is like just so uptight. Like all it is is arms crossed being like, that is morally reprehensible. And while I'm not blaming the crowd, I am. Uh, yeah, I think people like forgot how to make fun of themselves. I don't know. <sighs> the racism wars continue. Everyone's... Uh... You know, I was watching uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast, and I, they were talking about uh, this Procter & Gamble uh, commercial that aired, and it's like a black father and his uh, son, I think like, going through life, and it's, like, all these white people just being pieces of shit, like, they go to a pool, and, like, the dad pulls the white kid, his son, out of the pool, because, like, hey, I'm not gonna have my son swim with no blacks, or, like, the black guys, like, walking towards the elevator for work, and, like, this elevator of evil whites just let the door close, and then, like, a mom in a Mercedes, the daughter, like, waves at the black kid, and, like, rolls up the window, being, like, you won't wave at black, like, all right, like, look, this, so what, per, like, as a black man who is constantly in places dominated by whites, I know white people suck, and they're always doing either very quiet, weird racism, or overt, so it's not to say, like, this doesn't happen, it, of course it does, the, the reality that's being portrayed in that Procter & Gamble commercial, but what's the point of that commercial to... Like, we, I always ask people, like, whether it's Black Lives Matter or a commercial like that or any kind of activism, it's like, what's your goal? Do you want to do you want to be right and indignant? Or do you want to affect change? Because those are two entirely different things. You're right to make a commercial like that, because that shit does happen. Um, of course. Like, a black dad and a black son will get treated like shit in this country. No fucking duh. But to, like, spend money to create this narrative and then put it out into the world and then have it be like, whites, look at you, look how you, look how shitty you are. Let's have a conversation about these, like, weird examples 
that are like just so hyperbolic and not the reality. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because you, you just have to imagine like a bunch of like fucking uh, NYU film school graduates, you know, or Columbia Business School grads at Ogilvy sat around or at Procter and Gamble and were just like, okay, well, race is trending right now. Let's make a commercial that like shows how shitty we are and, you know, makes white people who aren't shitty kind of stare at. I mean, I'm not apologizing for white people, which is what it sounds like I'm doing. I just care about changing ignorant white people's minds. And they see a commercial like that and it just like makes them double down. I don't know. I think there's a better way rather than doing like a a racism highlights reel. (laughs) You know, it's like because on Facebook, all white activists do is, is share black murder porn. All they fucking want to do is share videos of black people being brutalized or like they just found out about the Tulsa massacre and they're like, oh my God, black people know this shit. Racist white people either know about it because they were there and or don't care. So it's like all of this is just for like liberal white people who just woke up to racism and are like, oh man, it's it's like, it's like they just got like a new magazine. They're like, oh wow, look at this. I don't know. It just gets exhausting when you just see the racial conversation happening in such a uh, narrow band way that lacks any nuance. It's always these extreme fucking examples. Look, I've been around a lot of racist people, but like pulling your son out of the pool and like telling a white, like that's not like a good buddy of mine who's a very successful black man. he, He commented to me. He said, racism only bothers me when it affects my schedule. You know, I think white people are underestimating just how powerful black people are. Like, yes, it's annoying, but I'm not going to be unnerved or like, damn, I really wanted my son to swim with that white boy. Good. There's one less asshole in the pool. Like these fucking soft white kids from NYU and Emerson are creating these goddamn narratives about culture that suppose that black people are these fucking helpless, weak creatures who can no longer stand like i hated that shit being checked on with george floyd look i'm 34 fucking years old yes i'm used to racism okay i don't need to be checked on to see how i'm fucking doing you know what i could use a goddamn blowjob or a hand job from all those bitches i went to high school with yeah now we're cooking <laughs> i don't need like an apology letter from fucking procter and gamble or you know some soft ass like you know, all these, even like other black people, they get on TikTok and they're just like, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble right now dealing with this shit. It's like, nut up. No, you're not. You're stronger than that. You're better than that. All right. Black people have been fucking dealing with this shit forever. And don't tell me just because all the shit's trending now, we can't handle it. We've been handling this shit for far too long. Don't you throw in the towel yet. I don't know. This is why black people and white people hate me. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, we're, we're powerful. We are more powerful than a white lady rolling up her window so her shitty fucking daughter couldn't wave at mine, you know? At, at you know, my son. My grandma told me when I was a kid, she said, Deval, remember, there's nothing worse than an ugly white woman. <laughs> like, we're better than you, okay? Black people are better than you. And there's no, like... Except when it comes to acts of violence, you know, state-sponsored police brutality like we saw with George Floyd, that's when you step up and say, yeah, 
flip some shit over and let's get going. But when it comes to like, I mean, I think the whole Procter and Gamble ad was about like bias. Um, you know, we need to talk about like quiet bias and like quiet racism. But like, I don't know. It's those are like silly examples. Those are fucking like 1940s examples of of, of racism. You know, like white liberals haven't caught up to the fact that like the fact that I live across the street from these two lesbians with an adopted biracial daughter, and now their friends, another couple of white lesbians with their adopted biracial daughters, uh, you know, living together, you know, with all these fucking Black Lives Matter banners in their windows and shit. But there's not a fucking black person outside of their children for, you know, five miles, 10 miles, 20 miles. It's like other than me. It's like th- these, these are the racisms that we need to talk about. Like these lesbians, when I first moved into the place that I'm at, I was driving uh, first my 91 BMW 525i. And then when my father went back to prison, he was out for a little while. He let me drive his like 20, at the time, 17, 2018 BMW M6. Brand new BMW. Very nice car. And so I got to drive it for like a month or two because he wasn't going to be driving it because that nigga went back to jail. Uh, but these lesbians across the street, they're like, mm, somebody got a raise. And like, it, you know, and I tell this to all these fucking white people around here. They're like, oh, well, Deville, how, it's maybe she was perfectly justified in saying that. You know, it's like, it's it's that kind of shit that, like, white liberals don't want to, like, own up to. Uh, and yes, I, I was driving my father's, like, drug money BMW. But the fact that she had the audacity to say that, because if I was, like, some 30-year-old white guy, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be, like, asking weird questions like that. Because she was also like, so do you guys, like, own or buy? Because it's, like, a nice neighborhood and we got a, we got a good deal. But, uh, again, it's like, that's the racism that bothers me. Not fucking, like, goofy... Evil white people let the door close in your face because they don't give a black man a chance to climb the corporate ladder. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, I'll walk up the stairs, okay? And I'll beat you at everything. Been watching uh, The Last Dance with uh, Michael Jordan. And, like, seeing, like, black excellence like that, that's... Like, the show me stories of black success. My point is, is, like, black people know how fucking horrible it is in this country for us. But we're not gonna fucking buckle. We're just going to double down, do better, and beat you and everything, you know? So, like, Procter & Gamble, like, go fuck yourself and, and, and just make a fucking... Just make commercials that just don't portray black people as fucking morons. Like, make television shows that portray a diverse example of black culture. I, did you know there was a remake of The Odd Couple in the 80s called The New Odd Couple starring two black guys? I have never fucking heard of this show. And to be frank, it's pretty bad, but it's also hilarious because you have, like, the effeminate one. I forget his name. Uh, the effeminate character. The black version. He's got, like, a jerry curl, and he's very effectuate. Now, Norman, or whatever the fuck the other guy's name is, he's like, you have to do your taxes. Now, I do my... T-. It's, it's, it's just... It's, it's like a black yuppie and, like, a working-class black dude living together. It's been a long time since I've seen a TV show that portrayed a black yuppie who wasn't literally called Token. All right, fuck Thirty Rock, fuck uh, any other show that has like an intelligent black guy. But there's a catch: he's either like gay, or you know they like tell him he talks white, which is again the highest form of, of fucking uh, racism. You tell an intelligent black man he talks white, you might as well call him a nigger because I've talked to a lot of white people in my day. 
people in a uh, fucking Boston, Wisconsin, uh, Texas, uh, whatever, whatever they're speaking, I don't. Okay, because they sound like animals, and I for sure don't sound like them. So it ain't talking white. It's about intelligence and class. Wow, I got really angry. <laughs> but there we go. Just looking for the uh, looking for the morsels of uh, insight that we can dip in from these conversations, right, guys? Honestly, don't know what I just said for the past twenty minutes. Kind of went into a fugue, went into a, went to a into a racial fugue. We're not soft. We'll beat you, white people, every time. Yes, uh, and we'll take your white women too. Yes. Some girl in this town, I don't even. She's like beige or something. Some Filipino beige. I don't know. I, I she was angered by my book. And we're at this like club, you know, pre-pandemic, just dancing. And she's like, you don't even date women of color, do you? Meanwhile, her boyfriend is like the whitest Jarvis in the fucking world. Like this tall redhead who was just standing there in, in neutral mode. He was standing there in Windows 3.1 screensaver mode while she was having this racial argument with me. Being like, you don't even date women of color. And then this other like... African-American girl was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was in my face. And I'm like, this is why I don't date black women. I love y'all, but y'all yell too goddamn much. Uh, that's not why I don't date black women. I don't date black women because they just remind me of my cousins. Every black woman I see at is, is beautiful, but they just remind me of my cousin. I'm just like, eh, it's just too familiar. Like, exotic to me is like a corny white girl from Wisconsin who when we're having sex says, you're knocking my socks off. <laughs> True story. I I just grew up watching Star Trek, and this humanism I truly believe in. So it's so difficult to watch a show where they literally laugh at racism and bigotry, grow up on that. And then you have to live in this reality where everyone's just like, uh, uh, this portion of lives matter. No, this portion of lives matter. It's like, guys, that sun can go supernova, and then we're all toast. Or... There's a billion other species out there. And when we start to colonize the cosmos, which I know people can't wrap their minds around because the only thing they give a fuck about is hot chip twerking. And uh, what's another pop culture reference people are into right now? I've been away from society too long. Uh, you get my point. I just, there's, there is one race. Yeah, I'm all over the place, guys. That's okay. I, I, I think you're, you're getting the point here. I'll end on this. Uh... Just like the way like liberals co-opt black culture and black activism just drives me insane. Like there's a poster that says Black Lives Matter and it's got Martin Luther King like smiling, loud. It's a painting of Martin Luther King. You just, uh, you know, ear to ear grin, smiling. And I'm like, How? this is not fucking Martin Luther King. Like Mar this is not what I associate Martin Luther King with. Like cracking jokes and having a good time right after, right before getting my head blown off. Like. They just wanted, like, this happy black man image. And it's like, no, this motherfucker was stressed out at all times. This was an austere man who had the burden of the world on his shoulders. Literally, black and white. And, you know, all this goofy fucking clothing store can sort of take from that man's legacy is like, happy black man, he's happy. No, like, that man got his head blown off for what he believed the future of this world was, which was a unified 
society. And now everyone's like, well, nonviolence doesn't work. And he wouldn't have wanted nonviolence. And he would have been all about like flipping shit over. And it's like, who voted you as the interpreter of Martin Luther King's legacy? Uh, fucking Susan from Vassar. All right. Well, anyway, happy birthday to me. Uh, let's, uh, let's kick some ass this fall, huh? Let's get, let's get it going, guys. Let's uh, fix the bad habits. Uh, you know, drink a lot of water. Drink less alcohol. Get some exercise in. Go to therapy. Uh, have more sex. Do less jerking off. Um, is that life? I think I just summarized life. That's a. <laughs> huh. All right. Cheerio, guys. Thank you.